You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we, last week, we mm-hmm. had a great honor yeah. of being invited to go to uh, the Windshape Retreat Center just north of Atlanta, mm-hmm. where there was a marriage collective going on. So a bunch of marriage influencers in the marriage ministry mm-hmm. and marriage space mm-hmm. were invited to come in for three days uh, and hang out at, man, some <laughs> a great facility. So beautiful. Um, in Rome, Georgia. Owned by the people that started Chick Fil A, mm-hmm. the Kathy family. Thank you so much for that. It was it, beautiful. It was a great, great, time. great couple of days. There's a lot of great people out there doing some good work mm-hmm. uh, for God's kingdom and for marriages, and wanting them to not just survive but to thrive. Absolutely. Which we are fortunate to count ourselves among them, mm-hmm. because that's what we want here at Sexy Marriage Radio. Is we want uh, your marriage to thrive. And we also want your sex life to thrive, not just be something that's a part of the relationship, but to have it a an important part of the mm-hmm. relationship yeah. that's fulfilling for both of you. So that's what we like to have going on here. And one of the ways we know the, the directions we need to head each week with our shows, because the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation does help steer this ship. And you let us know by calling in at 214-702-9565 and leaving any kind of voicemail question, topic, uh, thought, feedback, concern, praise, whatever you want to share. We want to hear it. You can also do that via email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com where that's where we're heading today even. It's right. Just some of the, several of the things that have been in the inbox. And so we love to go where you want to go that will help you the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and so alongside my wife, Pam, as always. Hey, everyone. Um, we want to speak into what will help you. And that's, that's our goal here at Sexy Marriage Radio. And each and every week, we thank you for spending some time with us each and every week that you find us via however you listen to podcasts. And on that note, if you like what you hear, jump on iTunes, rate and review the show, leave a comment, do the same on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, however you listen. Um, we want to spread the word that married sex can be a sacred and blessed and fantastic part of your relationship. Yeah. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, a couple of your questions and our answers. And on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. We're going to go a deep dive into how do you recover from a fight? Right, because we all have them, right? Pam and I had a doozy a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it was interesting kind of like it's been a while it has been a while since we've had a good knockdown drag out it so here's some of the things we took away from it and here's what research shows that will help and okay. that's where we're heading in the extended content so yeah. all that's coming up on today's show so this is from the inbox miss pam that it just says hey dr allen i need help not for me and my beautiful wife but for my parents they need help they're in their late 60s and gripey grumpy old people to each other They had my brother and I somewhat later in life, and they've always been good roommates, hardly ever romantic, even after 35 years of being married. 
Their attitudes towards each other are affecting my family as well as my brothers. How can I get them into counseling? Because they need it. Mm. That's a touchy one because, I mean, tell me this as a therapist. Do you ever recommend that someone goes to a family member or anyone else and says, you need counseling? (laughs) Um, Well, so context is king in this. Um, because what he's asking, I think, is something that maybe lots of us that have parents that have been, quote unquote, stuck in their ways, yeah, um, that they have reached a level of just settling for what rela- relationship is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're just holding on for dear life until they move on from this dear life. I mean, there's a lot of different things that people will do as they age. Mm-hmm. Um so there are times where, yes, I think you could go to them and say, you know what, I think this would really benefit you because there, don't we all reach this point, Pam, where in some instances, the kids start to parent their parents. We've seen that happen quite a bit, right? Where at least yeah. I want to speak into something where I'm almost taking the role of a parent. Maybe I'm not the full caregiver yet because these are, this is a couple that sounds like they're functioning yeah. They're living, they're vibrant. They just don't enjoy being together, it sounds like. And that definitely rubs off to family. Okay. But here's my question. Okay. And this is to the emailer. Is it that they don't enjoy each other? I mean, is that is that data you've got? Have has mom come to you and said, I just can't stand your father anymore? Or okay, is that's it a good truly, point because I just read that into being gripey and grumpy. That's my assumption is that they the don't one enjoy universal it. thing I have seen among the aged population is they get to a point where they just l- remove filters of how they live life because they just really don't care what other people think of them as much. Valid. Right? There's this, this element of, uh, you know what, I'm 80 years old. And I don't care if you think I smell and I burp and I'm inappropriate. I'm just going to be me. We had one across the street, you know, right? <laughs> it was this way. And he just was a little more flippant about life. Not cold and disrespectful necessarily, but there's just an element. And so I, I, I have found a lot of couples as they age, the filter re- is removed and they are gripey, grumpy towards each other. But that's also, they're both okay with it. And if that's the case, getting them into counseling is not going to work. Okay. If that's not the case, though, then then how do you approach that? Well, there's two different different routes I would want to go with with this one. One is, if that's not the case, and one of them has expressed, you know what, this is not comfortable anymore. This is not fun anymore. We're Mm -hmm. just fighting. We're bickering with each other. We're pestering each other nonstop. And I can't get him or I can't get her. Whichever it is. Right. Well, then you align a little bit as a child with the, the one that's the most uh, uncomfortable and offer them up the option of, you know what? Counseling could work for you. Maybe he'll come or she'll come with you or maybe they won't, but you can still go by yourself because they would be the one a little more open to the suggestion. So it's, and it's more of an encouragement of life can be better than this. Yes. And then this, that leads to the second route. And this okay. is where you start to use a little more of the leverage of, the way you're living your life mm. and you juxtapose it against theirs because what he's describing is their grumpy gripiness is spilling over into his married life and kids and family and his brother's married life and family. Mm. So you come at it with the leverage of, you know what, mom and dad, lately when I'm around you a whole lot more, 
the tone you have with each other, the grumpiness you have with each other, it is not enjoyable. It is starting to impact my family. And so you either need to work on that or we won't be around you as much. And that's valid because that's you taking care of your own self. Yep. Right. And encouraging. So letting them know how it'll affect that's, them. That's the most collaborative approach to it. Okay. That if they're open to, well, but I don't want to lose the chance to have time with you or, you know, then now you got a chance to go that deeper level of, hey, here's an option. But if not, you're sitting powerless rather than if you come at it thinking, oh, I've got to get them help rather than, nope, I have to just recognize their unwillingness to possibly get help or recognize their Mm -hmm. own role in things is impacting me. So my boundaries will dictate, I got to start standing up for me. Right. And I got to start looking out for my my family. Right. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm not going to be the child I'm supposed to be Mm-mm. if you have illness or things like that. doesn't mean I'm not going to be Don't around cut them off. Right. to help take care of you. But when we're talking about, hey, you want to get together for a, a family meal? Maybe I do, maybe I don't, if you're not taking care of your side of the deal. Right. Your side of the equation. Maybe I need to shift that to where I'll meet you guys for coffee. Right, and it's going to be a shorter right. at a public place. It's I'm still feeling like I'm living, and this is this is a truism you and I have tried to follow with our parents as as we're kind of in that sandwich world. Mm-hmm. That there's this element of when we as children, um, there can be this generational thing of we we feel pulled to live up to what our parents think we are responsible for in regards to our relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Well, you would be a good son if you would X, Y, Z. You would be a good daughter if you would whatever. Right. The flip side of that is my job is to live up to what I deem I am responsible for under the label of good son mm-hmm. or good daughter, which means I still maintain contact. I still am supportive. I'm there definitely when anything physically is needed mm-hmm. or mentally or emotionally is needed because there's some taxing different things or finance, you know, just Mm -hmm. all the different things depending on the position you're in with your parents. But it's not, they don't get to solely dictate the label of good son or good daughter because I have power now as a grown up. And I think that gives probably freedom to a lot of people that feel like they're trying to meet someone else's expectations and they may not even fully know what those expectations are. They just have Correct. an idea of what they are. Correct. And so it's it's being able to see it as I have to look out for my kids' well-being with my kids, with with my parents. Right. That there's this element of, you know what? I love hanging out with you guys, or I have loved in the past hanging out with you guys, but lately, not as much. Yeah. And it impacts my kids, and I don't want to get in a situation where they don't want to come around. And this is where you have to be careful because you can't use your kids as the leverage for, no, your, no, for your mom no, no, and dad. No. So it's really you stepping in. You can just speak for yourself only. And talk and taking ownership of you. But that's the power, that's the leverage you've got with this. Gotcha. Is being able to see it as this is how it's impacting me, as he's pointing out in his email. Mm. Now the question is do you have the courage to bring that forward to mom and dad? Because it's going to be disruptive. They may not react well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you you might find people kind of curling up to their, when they were teenagers again or something like that, kind of that mindset. It's hard to potentially address mom and dad, especially if they're a gripey, grumpy. Right. And, and you're pretty sure you're going to, well, you assume you're going to get that response, that same yeah. response. Here's the two things that have come true just from my life 
in the last couple of years in relationship with my parents. Yeah. One, it's difficult to adult to another adult as a parent, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's hard to get out of that mantra of, I'm still the one down. I'm the child. Honor thy father and mother. All those kinds of right? things. And it's really difficult sometimes to come at them on an adult level. And where I'm not forcing you, and I'm not pitching a fit, and I'm not cutting you off, I'm speaking some truth. Okay. The other side of this, and this is what we alluded to, this isn't what he's necessarily asking, but the other side of this that I have found just recently is it's difficult to father a father. Mm. (laughs) To have to kind of talk about some of the fathering aspects with your own father or with your own mother. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hold on, there's some things I'm kind of seeing that this could be a helpful path. And, oh, and it feels kind of like I have taken a parental role with my parents. And mm-hmm. that's a that's an odd place to be. And so it's recognizing this is something that we grow and evolve to. Right. Because the, the, the fundamental of humanness is when we begin life and when we end life, we are taken care of. Yeah. That middle gap is where you want to be taking care of yourself as much as you possibly can. Right. All right. So, Pam, here's another email that came in. Um, and this one actually has a two-parter. So okay. She says straight out, hey, Dr. Allen, there's two areas I need your advice on. Okay. All right. So, first one. My husband and I have been married for 10 years. He's the lower desire partner, so I'm the higher. We have sex about once a month, and it's really good. He knows exactly what I like, and I get multiple orgasms from intercourse and foreplay, but I want it more frequently. I've struggled a lot with the fact that I have a more higher sex drive than he does because it often makes me feel rejected and unwanted. I've heard from him that my pushing for sex makes him feel like sex is my biggest concern and my sole interest in him. Being the one who usually initiates sex is okay sometimes, but I do feel less desired. I want him to be more powerful and engaged and pounce on me sometimes. I've heard you talk about the lower higher desire, but it's usually in the direction of men being the higher, and I want your perspective on the woman higher desire and the dynamic that creates in the bedroom. So how can I approach this better? So that's part one. That's we'll, part one. We're gonna, we'll, table, okay. we'll table part two till after we answer this. Okay. Because this is something we've had come in before. Yeah, definitely. We do use generics of the man being the higher desire and such. Yeah. Well, there's also the element of we've talked about specifically the woman as the higher desire. Because it actually is more common than what we will take as the stereotype for sure when we're talking high desire, low desire. But Mm -hmm. there is, you know, 30% is what kind of research and what some of the different things I come across around that label is the higher desire wife. And so we've got some in the archives. Yeah, we've got um, episode 382, 318, 269. Uh, that one is called the How the Higher, High Desire Wife Gets in Her Own Way. Right. So there's some episodes out there. Um, yeah, definitely refer to, back. Yeah, just as food for thought, refer back to those. But we're going to dive deeper into what you're talking yes, about Yes, because it, in it, to, to frame the conversation, there is um, rejection is still rejection. It's a human thing that, that we all don't like. And I don't want to take mm-hmm. this lightly as in, well, man can handle, men can handle rejection better. No. Men handle rejection different right. than most women. But it still is a rejection. There still is a hurt. There still is a burden. Mm -hmm. But what I want to jump on is the sophistication of his response to her to keep her at bay. His response in being, all you want me for is sex? Boom. 
Exactly. That that's the sole thing you're interested in for, with me. Mm-hmm. So my question then to our emailer is, how much of that is based in truth? How much of the other re- parts of your life with your relationship with him, with the friendship, with the fun, with the play, with the other things, is that rounded out? Because we, we don't know mm-hmm. I mean, from this email. And I'm just kind of, I'm going to go off of what the data is telling me in the way she's framed this. Mm-hmm. That at least ask the question to yourself of how much of that there's a little bit of merit to that because part of what makes us back down from things and hurt the most when a spouse uses something like that as a move is there's truth in it typically. And usually it's a small percentage of truth. I'll own that part, right? At first okay. off, that it's, it's not a huge entirety of, yes, that's all I need you for. I just need an erect penis for my own pleasure. That's all I need out of you. It's usually not that, right? No. It's a percentage though, which then makes us go, well, hold on. And then I start, I'm defending myself rather than what I would want to counsel to her. Did you have something else you wanted to say? Uh, well, I want to hear what you have okay. to say, and then we'll, <laughs> I'll I would, see if I need to bring it up. What I would counsel to her is his response of, all you need of me is that. I'm trying to look at exactly that where he's saying that, the, you know, that's all you want out of me. Mm-hmm. Being able to look him square in the eye and own it and say, Yes, and a lot more. Right, because I, you, you run that line between maybe he has a perception that, w- that that's how it is mm-hmm. sometimes, and whether it's the male or the female. I think there's females out there that are the low desire that would say the same thing of their male counterpart of, that's all he wants me for is my tits and my vagina. Right. And, and it, and it gives that feeling, but in the big picture, maybe that's a snippet of what I'm looking at at one point in time. And I'm not, as the lower desire, I'm not looking at the bigger picture right. potentially, right? right? This comes from both sides. Right. Um, so then for her as the higher desire, it does take that self-examination of am I portraying that that's all I want. Right. Or what other things am I putting out there that he's bl- kind of blind to or I feel like may- maybe I'm not putting out there well enough. Right. And and I think there's also the component Pam of as a higher desire wife there's a lot of women that I I'm I'm postulating this. Uh, based on based on a little bit of just hunch with with clients I've had. Okay. There's a lot of women that, one, they don't, I mean, the biggest issue is they don't like being the higher desire. Because she even says it. I want him just to pounce sometimes. I want to be taken mm-hmm. sometimes. And so they're actually fighting the dynamic of their relationship rather than realizing that's the dynamic. That is what is. When we get frustrated about stuff, we usually will focus this and frame it as something is missing. That's what I'm frustrated about. Right. When in reality, what you're frustrated about is what's present. You are the higher desire. So you have to own that fact. And you can fight that dynamic as much as you want. But at the end of the day, at the current state of things, she's the higher desire. Which I guess is the same exact... Uh, kind of advice and that you throw out there to the men own being the high desire, right? Own it. 
um, be good at it. Right. And, and just realize that is the route and the path you are on in the current state of the marriage right now. Mm. And so the more you can see that, and this isn't necessarily to, you know, muster up and make it to where rejection doesn't hurt as much, but it's really just it's still going to hurt. kind of digest that fact of like, okay, how could I be a better, higher desire? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a way that you can figure out his language of that all you want for me is the sex and the interaction. Maybe you could figure out, yeah, that is a huge part of what I want from you, but I also want these other things. And just make sure you're living that and see if that tips the scale a little bit. Because a lot of times the lower desire's biggest move is I feel too pressured. And we've said this countless times mm-hmm. over the eight years of Sexy Marriage Radio. There is no way to get out of pressure on either side of this dynamic when it comes to sex and marriage. Mm-hmm. There's pressure on both sides. There's always pressure. So trying to think of how do I navigate this without pressure, it ain't going to happen. So realize, how do I just make sure the pressure that I'm putting on my, high, my lower desire husband is cleanest it can be? Mm-hmm. So when you say, yeah, this is a big part that I want from you. I don't know. I think there's just so much more to that marriage relationship. Um, sometimes sex maybe gifts, and and we have a podcast based on you know sex within the marriage <laughs> yes, relationship. Yes, we do. But I think that part of what we talk about on here is that this is just a piece of the puzzle. Correct. Right. This is uh, sex. Your marriage isn't made or broken by sex and how many times you have it. Right. Right. Um, so when we say, be better at this, be better at being the higher desire, how does she be better at being the higher desire? How does she get across to her spouse? Yeah, there's other things. Okay. That, there's other things that I want just as much or more than sex, but sex is definitely part of this. This is where it, it, mm-hmm. it, um, part of the this private intimate part of the relationship kind of comes together um and rounds things out so yeah. how does she do that okay that tees up the second part of her question okay. i think we can this gives us a little bit more um of a, a roadmap on how we can answer that question all right because that's what we're looking for is a roadmap right so here's what she's saying so here's her second point he is very against performing oral sex on me if it's not in the 69 position. I've gone along with it to make him happy, but sometimes I just want to lay back and enjoy. Who doesn't? He, uh, sorry, I added that little. Uh, okay. okay. He did this on a regular basis for me at the beginning of our relationship, and it just stops now. I've tried asking why he won't do it for me once in a while, and he shuts down and gets so upset. I'm not sure what to do and if there's anything I can do. So thank you for your guidance in advance. So this is how it's playing out because she she's in a little bit of a dilemma. So is he. But the way she's the one that's reaching out, she's in the dilemma of the sex they have is good. Right. That's what she talks about. Multiple okay. orgasms. It's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. He knows mm-hmm. exactly where to touch her, what to mm-hmm. do. But he also withholds what could be done in some regards or is unwilling to do what could be done in some regards because his script of sex and involves mutuality is what it sounds like. Okay. That it can't necessarily just be giving and receiving as part of the dynamic. Okay. 
So her dilemma is even when she brings up the nuances of not only do I want more frequent sex, but I want some different nuances within sex, he shuts down and gets so upset, which my guess is backs her off from bringing it up. Okay. So what if she were to deal with what's present, not what's missing, because it would be so great if we had a spouse that we could come to and say, you know what, I really would enjoy it if you would do this during sex. And they were like, thank you. I had not even thought of that, you know, and they were totally open and receptive and and engaging. But instead, typically when a a deficit is being approached about a dynamic, Mm -hmm. we don't respond well. We don't stand up and applaud. Mm -hmm. And so if she when she can come at this with the mindset of, hey, I know this is upsetting to you a lot of times, but this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm interested in. And let him get upset. Let him shut you down. But you still hold your ground. Not force it. Not pick a fight. But you just kind of let that tension go. And then say, just making sure you heard it. And then you bring it up again when you need to. Or you instigate it in the midst of a sexual encounter. And you just say flat out, this is what I want from you. And he's like, yeah, but I want to do it in this position. I don't want to get in that position yet. And you got to be willing to disrupt the dynamic. Yeah. If I'm wanting to get something different, I got to be willing to to draw the line that basically says I'm willing to disrupt what we have to possibly get what we could be more. I hear what you're saying. Sounds fabulous. Okay. Right. Right. It. And and I get that is coming at it from a. Um, uh, from a strong, um, I, what is the word I'm looking for? It's just it's a more solid, res- solid, solid thank you. Re- Th- approach solid, to it. Solid is the word I'm looking for because I don't want to say strong because that makes it sound like I'm trying to overpower someone, nah. and that's not at all what that's trying to do. It's I'm just going to be solid in who I am. Right. The psychobabble right? term is I'm trying to come at it from a differentiated stance where I'm speaking for me. I'm living fully within my skin. I'm being more present and seeking what I want. Right. And and maybe I'm off track here, but let me go back to the question I was asking before. Okay. Because that topic still is specifically on the sexual arena. Mm-hmm. And for him um, saying, I, I think that um, he, he thinks that sex is her sole desire for him. Right. That conversation that we're talking about there where she's being solid and saying, here's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm going to. Be, I'm going to put myself out there for the rejection. That's still in the sexual arena. Sure. How is it that I'm being solid in myself when it when the topic that we're talking about here on the roadmap is all based sexually? Right. It's not talking about, I love you for so much more than what this is. How do you get across, I want you in my life for more than well, just my sexual All right, so desire. I think I think to be able to attempt to scale Everest, which a lot of times our sex life could be deemed as at Mount Everest, mm-hmm. it's the harder thing to really approach and deal with and talk about well. Mm-hmm. To be able to do that at the best we can, I have to make sure I've shored up the other parts of my marriage, mm-hmm. that I'm living it, that I'm okay. Because, I mean... If you came at me, let me just personalize it for a second and see. 
Sure. If this makes sense. If you came at me with something I was interested in wanting to do about our sex life and up frequency, up eroticism, whatever it might be, that's still within the value structure of a Christian marriage that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's still God honoring. Mm-hmm. And you were to say, I feel like all you ever want out of me is sex. That's all I need, all you need me for. I'm going to be okay absorbing that indictment from you because I'm pretty cool with how I interact with our family and our life and how I interact with you beyond that indictment. Right. I'm willing to absorb that hit. Right. Because that's coming more out of your, the worst in you than Mm -hmm. the best in you. And I would agree with where we are right. today. But that's a that's that, an that individual thing, right? Twenty years ago, if I was saying that, exactly, there would have been a lot of truth that I would have been that would have that's what launched me on this journey I've been on. Of I am selfish, right? So then there's that roadmap of how do you get to twenty years later? Well, right? It's it's a individual process playing out within a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's how you get there. Your partner may not join you on that journey. Or the depth, or it may be excruciatingly slow, but it's a process. And you got to be willing to absorb it and be able to say, this is what I'm interested in, and I'm going to take a hit for it. But a lot of times when I can have a solid foundation and I'm doing it for self-respect and what I'm after and what I'm interested in, absorbing that rejection is different because I'm earning me in the midst of it too. Right. I see it as they're, he's just pushing it to get what he wants. That's what he should do. It's the same counsel <laughs> we're trying right. to give her. Right. So it's seeing it as, I don't fault the way he's going about it because it works. Until she stands up and says, it doesn't work. He can pitch a big enough fit to get her to back off. Okay. So that means you can't change him. You have to deal with the fit better. So when he says, I don't want to, you know, I only like this when it's mutual. I only like this, you know, then you need to have some gold standard responses of, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you would want me to just perform oral sex on you. Mm -hmm. And you just lay back and enjoy. And, you know, I can't lick myself, honey. Right. So (laughs) I would prefer you do that. And sometimes I want to just sit back and enjoy it Mm -hmm. and own that, claim it. Yeah. And then you deal with the discomfort that comes up through that. And then you see where you stand Mm -hmm. because that's the process of this whole thing. This isn't something that's necessarily solved. You find solutions as you approach it better Mm -hmm. because the solution may not be a solving of the problem. It might just create a more opening of now I got a whole lot deeper level of intimacy because I'm really sharing a whole lot more of me. Mm -hmm. And then that changes the sex that you're already having into something a little bit better. Right. And I'd have to look back at the archives, Miss Pam, on when was the last time you and I did a show it's, that it's just you and I? Because it's, it's been, been a, a little bit. We've had so many guests on the show lately. I feel like I've, uh, I don't know, been been on vacation from the show or something. <laughs> it's been well, fun. Has it? What vacation's been fun? Why don't you take me with you? It's been fun to be on the show. Crazy. Oh, there's where you went it's with it. Been fun okay. to be back here with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, if there's something we left undone, because again, this is in, in some regards, this show was a, a different take of some of the main concepts we talk about mm-hmm. through the history of the eight years of this show. Um, but if there's something that's missing from the way we've had to frame this conversation, let us know. 214-702-9565. 
or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.